Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. Willard to Wild and Crazy Guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you, November 24th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Wednesday. We can call this a, a Thanksgiving special. A Thanksgiving special before the Spanksgiving Saturday. The cats are going to give the cards. Yeah. We can spend the next two hours telling everybody what we're thankful for. And we'll do it together here on KRC. Justin Kalen, how are you? I am pretty tired. Had a game to call last night, and then I got home, and I don't know what I was. Oh, Gonzaga, UCLA. Did, Good you, did you watch all of that game? I watched a, probably three quarters of so it. So yeah. how much did Gonzaga win? By 30, 40, 50? You know, I never did see the final, but they were up by 25, I think, when I went to bed. Yeah, they they won comfortably. It, yeah. never, it, was, it never got close. It was crazy how much... They were just hitting every three they threw up in the first half. And I posted on Twitter last night, I know I gave them a lot of crap this last tournament, and it, I seemingly do that every tournament. This may be the year that I'm a Gonzaga believer. No, no, no. Just, <laughs> they, they, they went maybe. to the national championship I know, I know, year. I know. And as ignorant as it sounded, I still didn't believe in Gonzaga. But I think they have all the pieces this year, and I'm, I'm now a Gonzaga believer. Oh, gosh. I, I could see their, their front court. Is amazing. I yeah. can see their backcourt costing them a game. Yeah, I same. Can, I, like I obviously I like I like Nolan Hickman. I like the pieces, but like Nimhard being like the lead guard on a national title team, worst guards have probably won. But I would take Kentucky's backcourt over Nimhard. That may be that also may be ignorant. Um, but yeah, Timmy and Holmgren. I mean, how can you like that team though? They just give off so many Duke vibes. Yeah. And it's not just I disagree. because I, I disagree. Yeah, no, they, they they give off those vibes because they're the only team that plays quality basketball in November. I've I, I watched more basketball games yesterday during throughout the day, and man, there's a lot of garbage out there. A lot of bad basketball. That's nothing new. I know. I'm just not. I, I some of it is Gonzaga is the Houston Wisconsin I mean, game was fun. The Cincinnati. Arkansas game that was a nice win for the SEC. Nice come from behind win for the SEC. There does just mean I think that was the difference in the end of that game. It just meaning a little bit more for the SEC. They came uh, Arkansas came back and and got a win. John Higgins calling the Gonzaga UCLA game still total and complete goober. Hey, his hair was looking good though. He he just loves his hair. He just loves himself being an official, being a college basketball official. Surprised he didn't make. Seth Davis's greatest people ever list. Did you oh, see that list. I did not see that. He he made a list called the greatest people ever. No, it was a forty under forty list, but he just included, I mean, the most random people. Like mm. a ref was the first person mentioned. I don't think John Higgins is under forty. No, but he might have thrown him on there just to say, "Hey, this guy's awesome." What a way just to be like, "Hey, you have done nice things for me. Here is a return favor." I'm going to make a completely meaningless list and put you on it. He had a he had an actual basketball player on it. He had a Gonzaga player on it. Who? I had Timmy, I think. He had like podcasts or I mean it was just Did we make did we did 
Did nope, we make it? No, nope, we did not make it. <laughs> but it cool is cool hearing Dick Vitale though. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was the best part of the whole entire thing was. was having uh Dickie V back, uh having that intro and man, when he started cracking. Mm. Whew. Got a little dusty in my place. Yeah. <laughs> Very dusty. But it didn't take him long after that to get into his groove. Once that game started, it took him like a drive or two. But then after after that, he was back to good old Dickie V. Yeah, and like, you know, you don't want to be mean, but his he's right there pretty much with everybody else ESPN puts on the table in terms of college basketball broadcasting. Um, Man, there's there's more guy. enjoyable people to listen to out there. Yeah, but when you but think he about is college bas- basketball, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. And he has he has done so much for college basketball. I'm not saying it's like a pity listen cuz he doesn't he doesn't find enough job, but it's the nostalgia really that hits it home for me what I enjoy the oh. most about it because there's so, you know, he's he'll be obviously cliché, made a career somewhat being cliché, but his enthusiasm it carries over. You know he truly just loves the sport. Done so much for it and he's done a ton for Cancer research as well, especially for children. So that's important as well. Great dude. Good to hear from him last night on the broadcast, even if it was a blowout. Uh, made me happy to see Mick Cronin squirm. Loved his suits, too. The whole coaching staff, very suited up. They, they were good while they were getting their teeth kicked in. That's the thing that, like, shouldn't UCLA be better? You No. no. Like, I, was, I told this to my little friend group text message. I bet Gonzaga last night, but I didn't mention it on the show. Good call, Justin, on Indiana. You nailed it. Thank We're you. very proud of you. Uh, I was wrong about Butler, so that was the loss yesterday, which was unfortunate. But UCLA is a good basketball team. Everybody is just over-romanticizing what they did last year way too much. If they lose in that first four game to Michigan State and they return everybody that they've returned and whatnot – Folks are excited about this team, but they probably have them ranked like 15th. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's Not fair. even top 15. That's mm. fair. Like a, They are a top 25 team, and they are one of the best teams, if you're talking about collectively as a group of like 360 D1 college basketball teams or whatever the number is. Yes, they are one of the better teams. They are not top five good, at least not right now. They, their point guard is not good. Tiger Campbell? Campbell, not a fan of. And then I like Johnson inside, but – that's all he's. That's all they've got. That's all they've got, and he, even him by himself, not all that great. So I think you can get you can take advantage of him inside. I think you can take advantage of him at the point guard position. Johnny Jazang, a great scorer, but he's not an amazing defender. So he will give up stuff there. I think Jacquez is their most important. Jacquez, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah, their most important guy. player. He's really fun to watch too. He splashed down some mid-range shots last night. They were just beautiful. That's what he does. Yeah. I, my thing is just, like, they should have more continuity, more flow as a team. If I you agree, have so I many agree people with that. About, because that's the thing about Gonzaga is they're so crisp. You know, like, everything about the – there's no – we've got to play through some rough patches kind of in November. Like, they're they're executing at a high level uh, for November basketball. That's what puts them so far ahead. That's what annoys the hell out of me is they're far ahead when they play their best teams – and all the best teams that they're playing, the Texases and stuff of the world, they're still kind of playing catch-up as far as getting their continuity down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzaga's got that continuity. Freaking Chet, too. My God, Chet is an alien. He's so awkward. He, is well, he a- looked horrible against Texas and then obviously came back and, and looked solid last night. But he's still – I think maybe come March, you know, he'll be a different player. I I think being physical with him is the way to go. There was a few times he looked physically hurt because Johnson kind of lowered his shoulder into him. 
And it was, like physically, like I think one one time they pulled him from the game just to give him a rest. I think you can still find ways to kind of make him less effective, but what a freak. Oh yeah. And like he his footwork for a guy that big and goofy looking, like he he actually controls that gangly ass body of his pretty well. Uh, as far as how to position and stuff in the post. Yeah. Because some of his post moves, it was like, oh, so he's not just a, a bag of bones over here. He had a couple nice block shots. I love that he's he's jacking threes. Too. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant in his one year at Texas. Just Not just because he's ridiculously, almost disgustingly skinny, but yeah, the, just the way he moves with the ball is <laughs> It's almost just concerning. Mm-hmm. just makes you feel kind of yeah, Like, watching. really, yeah. Yeah, the difference, though, Justin, is Durant like had much better guard skills. He's His yeah. skills are much more like of the Anthony Davis ilk, where he's kind of closer to the rim. But there, you can't compare him to many people you've seen in college basketball because he's almost like one of those big goons that Purdue gets, you know? Yeah. Um, Except for he's good. He's actually nothing like any – like the <laughs> Purdue guys have meat on him. Yeah. <laughs> but but the way that they play near the rim, blocking a lot of shots, they run, he, and they, he moves they, a lot They both run that. funny. Yeah. You know, the Purdue yeah. bigs run funny. The, Goofy. The, he runs kind of funny. Weird name, like Chet. We're like, so what? familiar with like deep fakes now, and Hollywood has some, come so far in graphics. Who would be surprised if just during a game, like he was running and like, you know, his limbs just kind of like – not gory graphic, but just like a stick figure, just mm-hmm. like fell off, you know. Yeah. And it was like him, like looking on the court, like, "What am I gonna do?" Like, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. It looks like that may happen to his body at any given moment <laughs> while he's on a basketball floor. That being said, pretty good player. Pretty, pretty good player. Oh. UCLA, UCLA was outclassed. That was, uh, you could see that one coming. And this sounds cliche. It almost seemed like UCLA. They were in Vegas, number one versus number two. Johnny Jazang, I think he loves the celebrity, and not, nobody can really blame him for that. Why? Why wouldn't you? A lot of folks do in his position, and a lot of and ever, almost everybody would as well. That game, they they seem to come out like a little too Hollywood. Like, all right, number one versus number two, Gonzaga, you better buckle up because it's going to be an offensive explosion. And then, like Gonzaga actually played real D, like right, you talked right. about, they're further along than a lot of teams, and you are right that UCLA should be as well, but. UCLA was not ready for them to kind of have the clamps put down on them in the first half. And they still let Gonzaga play the style that they thought the game was going to be. They got bogged down, though. It was just a Mick Cronin's a goober. But they, they came out, they got blitzed, and uh, Gonzaga just obviously the number one team in the country. Kicking myself for not uh, dabbling in the college basketball because that feels like that would have been easy money I think for a lot of folks. Oh, also – I don't know what – I think the line ended up finishing Bellerman number one, but nice to Tony Barbie to give the Knights their first win this season. Oh, good job, Tony. Way to go, Tony. Wow, you did it. Bellerman beat Central Michigan. That game was out there in Vegas, too. Mm-hmm. It was also wild that – I get it. It was a Tuesday night or whatever day of the week it is. This week's so weird now. Uh, it was a Tuesday night, but that UK-UNC game – it was hard to get a ticket to in 2016, 2016-2017 season in Vegas, and it was packed. Like, it was absolutely packed. I think, you know, they may end up not technically being a sellout, but um, the whole upper level was just wide open in that Gonzaga-UCLA game. And UCLA is four, five, four hours away, three hours yeah. away, however far away it is. Pretty close. It's just – it's kind of wild. I don't know what to expect, really, for the attendance for UK – Ohio State out in Vegas this go-around. I think you have to have UK-UNC to really get the eyeballs. But I bet it's still better than what Gonzaga and UCLA had last night. Losers.
Isn't it crazy that the number one team and number two teams in men and women have already played? It's awesome. It is cool. And there's well, no reason for it really not to happen in I, college basketball because it doesn't impact anything. Right. The uh, the one that kind of ticked me off is they, they were like, this is only the fifth time this has ever happened or something like that. And it just makes me mad at North Carolina for losing before that 2011 game <laughs> with Anthony Davis because no. that was a one versus two. And then they lost yeah. like the, the they week lose before. UNLV. Sounds right. Yeah, I think I think I remember watching that game. Yeah, it's a good callback. Mm. I if I'm if I, it, men's basketball could do this as well, and the PK eighty thing has kind of taken that to has done that to some degree. But if women's basketball should just do a thirty two team, the top thirty two ranked teams heading into the season play a tournament in November. You you span you you space it out over a week. You can have a loser's bracket as well, make it kind of like a glorified AAU tournament, Roush. Mm-hmm. If you want to have it in one space, you can. I think it'd probably be better to try to make it campus games for the first few rounds at least. 32-team tournaments start the year. would mean nothing for – it'd give some teams some quality wins for their resumes. It'd give other teams some quality lessons in their losses. It would be November basketball, nobody would care. And men's, feel free to do it as well. That's the fun thing about, you know, the men's setup and the women's setup of college basketball is – you can lose games and be all right. You can't really do – you can make a case having a super hard schedule in college football, Roush, can, can totally hose you over. And having too weak of a schedule could potentially hose you over. There needs to be a nice balance there. Basketball, if you've got a good team, playing good teams is not not going to hurt you. No. It's not no. going not, not to hurt you in terms of your national title aspirations. Or your, your resume or any of that I mean, it could uh... theoretically hurt you in your resume if you don't get the wins. Well, yeah, but and if you don't, beating up on cupcakes doesn't really juice up your resume anyway. Right, so. right, right. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. Um, at least women's basketball kind of took a card from it. And I think having a tournament like that does draw the eyeballs. Like there was a ton of eyeballs on the sport last night uh, with Dickie V coming back with the one versus two. So um, I'm with you there. I got, I did, I admittedly got distracted again, TJ, because I got more into Seth Davis's 40 under 40 list. Did you know Richard Pertino was under 40 years old? Makes I would have guessed probably so, but he can't have too much time left. He's like 38 or 39. Also, putting Will Wade as number 40, just hilarious. Richard Bettino made the list? Richard Bettino made the list, too. After he's, like, fallen down. What? Like, he's down at New Mexico. What's the what's the list, actually? The 40 College basketball is 40 under 40. For just 40 what? 40 biggest goobers? You can have 40... big podcasters. Jay Lucas was on it. But like 40 what? Just 40? The 40, I don't know. Influential, the 40 best, important. 40 best people under 40 in college basketball. Rising stars in men's college okay. basketball. All right. And also a rising star when Patino got fired to go down to New Mexico. Yeah, that's horrible. Like, that's, like I he said. He really that, was this just is, running out of people. And I think most folks have kind of caught wind of it. But this is just Seth Davis's way of throwing a bone to people that have been good to him in his industry. Rob Dowster was like five. Yeah, could, five. Could, could see that. So you could have your 68 podcast or whatever they call it. Yep. That checks out. <laughs> good stuff. Well, good, good article, Seth. Time uh, well spent. There was another article on The Athletic that um, included the many, many potential possibilities and uh, of coaching candidates, and Mark Stoops and uh, John Summerall made it. For who? Anybody? Everybody? Just in the pool of potential candidates? Yes, the, the 33 wouldn't, names. They would, had 33 names for the 18 vacancies. Wouldn't theoretically everybody be on that list except for Saban? 
Because, like, if Alabama's job opened up, everybody's technically a candidate. Technically. You know, yeah. I think there may be, like, one or two people that say no to that maybe just because they're too old or something. And I, I get why they uh, why they did it in that kind of manner because right now it is just an enormous the, – the dominoes have yet to fall aside from James Franklin getting that 10-year deal, which the 10-year deal is hilarious because it's like, here's a 10-year deal, but it really only matters for two years. And then the buyout goes down to like a million dollars. But you're starting to see some of those dominoes fall. Uh, The UTSA guy agreed to a 10-year deal. All these 10-year deals really just mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, they don't mean a ton. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Stoops was ninth on the list, too. Wow. A 40 under 40? 33 candidates. 40 (laughs) under 30 candidates. Need but, a college football 10 under 10. Like the 10 next biggest names. It's like all kids. In like <laughs> yeah, Kiwi, yeah, yeah. It's like Ladanian Thomason's kid. I don't know. Oh. His kid may be even over 10 at this point. If they were to do that, how many of those actually find their way to college football? <laughs> what, seven? No, oh, man. Like yeah. Less? Pro- well, if they're celebrity, you know, if they're – if they're legacies, as probably as many as want to just follow through with it, but in terms of being actually good enough to make an impact at high-level college football, probably three. <laughs> Sounds all right. Do we want to talk about the Stoops? Because your former ex-boss says Sunday we'll all be talking about a big news story. Oh, really? Yes. Didn't know that. Is it Barry and Brown? No, that's today. Barry and Brown's making his decision today. That's exciting. We do need to discuss that. Yeah. But I think um, the Stoops topic's pretty hot in the streets right now. The uh, Just before I forget, John Summerall being like, he could, that Troy job might be intriguing to him. Yeah, and I don't think anybody could blame him at UK yeah. if he takes it. And that will be on Stoops to make another good hire in that regard. I, th- I think the one thing Kentucky has is like, all right, you can climb the coaching ladder by being the number two defensive guy at your alma mater, or you can go to Troy. Like, do you just want to recruit low middle guys, or do you want to recruit the best of the best? There's, there's always different ways to go about it. If everybody's goal is to end up being a coach at a high-level power five football school, then – Two schools of thought, mostly. Obviously, there's more than this, but the two big ones are be a big-time coordinator at a big-time place and do really nice things. Or be a head coach at a smaller school and work your way up the ladder yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. There, there's really no there's no right or wrong answer. We've seen some fail go both ways. We've seen successful both ways, obviously. There's large enough sample size for both of them. I, I, I just think some people like to, to be the boss. To, yeah. to, you know, and, they're in charge. I do think it's important that you mentioned like either way. I think it's important to have a diverse enough portfolio that you've, you've dabbled in both, right? Like Scott Satterfield is a prime example of what happens when you don't get a taste of the power five before you go to it. You just jump right in. Like these guys who uh, have spent their entire careers coaching at the G five level, like it's kind of, you got to know how to how to go up against the big boys. What a big boy rivalry means. What it's like to recruit at that level. Um, so you know, if if Summerall decides like, all right, uh, I'm 
It's been a good ride. I've I've done my recruiting in the deep south of the big guys at Kentucky. That's tough. I'm I'm ready to kind of build some guys up. I'm gonna go to Troy, be the head man, and work my yeah. way from there. You 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 couldn't blame him for that. No, you couldn't uh, at all. Now, if if Sunday comes around and we've got a big news story where, um, you know, Florida's chatting up Mark Stoops or something along those lines, um, yeah, I don't. I that would be uh. That would be interesting because, I mean, here's what I bet that what will come out. This is my guess. Okay, Stoops interviewed, spoke with LSU directly about the job. That will be the news story. So just like the second, what we've already kind of figured. Yeah, and and make no mistake about it i think some kentucky fans forget this mark stoops spoke with florida state about their opening before they hired norvell nobody cared we understood he was kind of open about it at the time i'm sure stoops in time would be open about his conversations with lsu it's lsu football we i we couldn't blame him for looking into it no. to see at least what the money is I, I i think but at the end of the day stoops has a pretty sweet deal here he knows that won't stop him from at least seeing what else is out there and some other options. And you know what? If he does this to get some other raise, uh, cool with me. I just want to make sure that Stoops is here long enough to outlast Mitch Barnhart. So, John Calipari, too. Let's just – we can't have Mitch making another hire. He's made plenty. He's done great. I trust, he's made, I trust Mitch. But he's made two of the best hires in school history. Just now's a good time to hang it up, Mitch. You've done great. Mitch, here's what you do. Don't need another. Don't need him. Here's what you do, one. and I totally trust in you to do this. Stoops leaves. Hugh Freeze. <laughs> hey, he's a godly man. He's supposedly you know? signing a mega deal or something. At Liberty. Did which, you see the, like the wording on that? It was like mega or like super mega max. Well, you know, mega churches. They really <laughs> like to make a phrase. Because <laughs> the word, the word is that uh, he he. Um, Blacksburg, Virginia Tech. Mm. Yeah, those two were rubbing. Well, everybody had to lock him up. Which here's a. No, I know Mitch Barnhart wouldn't. He would would spit out his Diet Coke if somebody mentioned Hugh Freeze to him. It's just Mitch has done great, but like the his philosophies on what you need to think about a program much different now than what they were a long time ago. And. College sports have changed. I trust. I would trust him to make the right right hire, or at least you know it's always some. You could make the look. Everybody like was slurping over U of L hiring Satterfield, right? And mm-hmm. we've seen how that goes. He could make a hire that is universally loved, and it may not work out. And I wouldn't really hold him to that, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so upset with him because uh, it is there is it's a little bit of a crapshoot to some degree with it. But I would trust him to make the right hire, at least a smart hire. For the only reason, the stakes would just be way too high. And I think at the end of the day, as much as we like to poke fun at him, and there are a million things that annoy the hell out of us about him, he takes his job very seriously. He is very much a professional. I think he realizes that if and when Stoops leaves, whether it's in this year, two years, five years, or ten years, and assuming Mitch Barnhart's around, which – you know, no offense. Hope hope it's not ten years that he's still around on this planet. Absolutely, in UK's athletic program at that point, maybe time for a, a some some fresh air, something a little different. I, I can only imagine ten more years of Barnhart with no alcohol on you. Nah, yeah, 
that point, I'm I'd be too old. <laughs> and sad to sad to talk about, but probably probably true. I think he realizes uh, anybody's got to realize it. What we will do our part to make sure everybody realizes that the next hire for UK football, the biggest in the app in the history of the program, and second place is so far down. You can't we can't even discuss who what it'd even be. It would be such a big deal. Because if you if you make just an F higher and you lose all that momentum, I don't. I, it's probably twenty years before it comes back. Well, my question is, who's your who's your shortlist of candidates now? I don't even know if Soup's ain't leaving. So yeah, I'm no, not really no, no, even but, worried about it. But like, who? Because I don't really have a good answer. Neil Dan Mo- Dan Mullen Dan Mullen. He's a goober. Honestly, Man, it would be it would be. I would have to go through my Twitter to check a lot of. A lot of tweets, a lot of tweets. Well, that's the one thing that that's the that's all. <laughs> honestly, my only hiccup on Dan Mullen is everybody universally hates him. So that's <laughs> that's something that carries, right? Yeah, that's, you right. know, you can't you can only caddy for your daughter so many times. But people that are when somebody shows themselves to you, that's generally who they are. And right, if right. if everybody's saying that about Dan Mullen, then there's got to be some truth to it. But I have no doubt he'd do good things at Kentucky. That he'd have success at Kentucky. Yeah, I just I don't know because I, I don't know if you call Neil. Maybe uh, what about what about Uncle Pete? Cousin what about Pete Jeff Golding? Kicks the tires. Can, can Kentucky get Pete Golding from Alabama? I don't know because that dude is young. He's yeah. energetic. Yeah, and I Alabama year in and year out has one of the top defenses in the so country. So there would be a part of him that would. Gosh, I, we I th- are I think, seven years younger than him. I think Stoops would make Pete Golding possible because Golding would at least see the blueprint like oh well I can yeah we can win we can win in the trenches here yeah yeah and also they they like they can this fan base is palatable like they they can handle my style I really just got to worry about Kirby and Georgia but other than that you know I can take care of this division I think Kentucky could do better than him for what it's worth but that that, there's just there's a couple names yeah not bad but I think that's what we're going to hear on Sunday is that like hey it was closer than you think but no offense, I'm not. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. But he had said that it was Mark Stoops and Bill O'Brien. I haven't seen one Louisiana person mention Bill O'Brien. Yeah, not a one. And actually, the the LSU beat writers are all specifically saying it's down to three candidates, yeah. none of which are Bill O'Brien or Mark Stoops. Um, so I don't think we're getting a surprise on Sunday that Stoops has accepted the LSU job. I'm not concerned about that happening. So I think the the big juice here is going to be that he he interviewed or he talked with LSU, and we should all just say, well, good for him. Glad that he's that he's still at Kentucky. Yeah, because the three in the three. Oh man, I knew who it was too, and now I can't remember. It was Napier, Louisiana. Which which one? The Arm What's his name? I don't know. Why can't I think? Because there was a top three. You're you're right, and it wasn't. Oh, man, this is going to make me so mad. Hey, it's all right, buddy. We'll Gosh. Get, we'll get it. Maybe we'll figure it out at the break. Yeah, Baylor head coach Dave Aranada. Ar- Aranda. There Aranda, we go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering grief. where I – that's why – and Matt Campbell, that was the other one. <laughs> Nada. Aranda was their defense coordinator in the national championship team. So there's an N in his last name. Yeah. Yes. How about that? 
<laughs> I get it. You just get a little old dyslexia. Instead of Aranda, you were Arnada. It happens, yeah. Yeah, you had all the letters, just yeah. wrong order. Hodgepodge. <laughs> hmm. Carry the one. Divide it by two. Yeah. Aranda. It's like the uh it's like the Duran thing all over again. <laughs> Duran Duran. Or the Bashed? Bashed. I had to think about what word it was for a second. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. Words can be tough for me. No doubt about it. All right, let's go to a break, and then we will come back. We need to talk. Do we need to talk basketball? Is there anything up with basketball? UK basketball? When's our next game? Friday. Oh. Friday, What's North Florida. North Florida's horrible. Scoots, it's a homecoming. Yeah. Are they going to let you call the game? They should. They should. They should. We'll play the music. If I, if only I knew their broadcaster did, like I know Jacksonville. Did you hear back from North Florida's coach? No. That's an every game thing, Justin. I, I, I feel like you've been slipping up lately. I'm sorry. I'll uh. Right now, the only coach we've gotten on is because of me. It's well, it's Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a little lazy this yeah, week. Yeah, I'll be lazy. It's, it's it's hard to get going. I don't want to talk to North Florida's coach either. No, we got. <laughs> oh, he's we need he's to. a very we can interesting. Get him on next next week, he's an interesting man to talk to, no doubt. Oh, you maybe actually so like know him. I I don't know. I mean, I've talked to him face to face maybe a couple times, but he wouldn't know me from Adam. Hmm. Okay. We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. My old man is a television repairman. Got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We've got plenty more to get to today, but we will have Mike Rutherford for our Card Chronicle and the Mike Rutherford Show on Big X Sports Radio on in hour number two. Just get an X and O feel for U of L. Right? That's what I like. We can, you know, we'll maybe take a jab or two. But uh, I, I didn't, I couldn't take... decide if like we wanted to just make it like a goofy or if we actually like maybe want to make it informative. Mm. He, I feel like we've done plenty he, of goofy, and we've got more goofy coming your way. Yeah, plenty of goofy. So, yeah, we can make it informative. He also is um, – uh, I, I saw that the Courier-Journal released their local media predictions. Yeah, I didn't get the invite on uh, that one, unfortunately. Mike is picking the cats. So Wow. What? There, there was some surprising Louisville predictions in there, um, but for the most part, it's like Mangus. Mangus and Mike, both anti-cards. Wow, I wonder why they hate U of L so much. Yeah, maybe we can ask Mike about that. Yeah, interesting about CNNs. I would have thought for sure he would have picked U of L. He picked it. Wonder why John like eight too. Wonder why John Hale doesn't reach out to me. He picked Louisville. Yeah, he picked Louisville. Yeah, picked Louisville. Weird. Did I want? I'm wondering one of our texters that are anti-John Hale. <laughs> yeah, of course hey, he did. Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Maybe it's just me on my burner because he never asked me to be in the pick'em thing. <laughs> I've always been a Herald Leader subscriber opposed to the Courier Journal. Always oh. a superior paper in the state. I've said. 
I uh, I submitted the same prediction to both. Does that make me bad, or is that just being consistent? No, I think it's being consistent. Are you gonna? You better do that on Friday. I use the same number, but yeah, same words, everything. Just made it nice and easy. Uh, whenever we have a KSR prediction post Saturday afternoon, I will beef it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, just to give the readers what they want. Um, but uh, yeah, those, those were pretty yesterday. The the best we we gotta mention Josh Pascal's commercial because that just few. That, that's why nil is great. So we can have stuff Agreed. like this, like that. All of the old curmudgeons like Justin out there who just, oh, players making money. This is fun. This is why nil is a thing is for for commercials like this where Josh Pascal's knocking candy out of kids' hands. And uh, I love, like every time I watch it, there's something else that I think is just hilarious. The tea thing where he's doing the sign shaker and he's just playing the guitar. (laughs) It's just so goofy. And you just... You don't expect that from like that that's what makes Josh so great is he's like the nicest guy and yet he is just the craziest SOB in between the the white lines on the football field. Yeah. There, you know. It was really well done. Even Mitch Barnhart was like, "I like it. I don't support it, but I like it." <laughs> Even he thought it was kind of funny. It the best part about it was the knockoff stoops. Oh, the knockoff The, the knockoff stoops looks I mean it passes a resemblance to stoops, oh. but it's not the most flattering. That's <laughs> what makes it great. Yeah, right? it, it, and he he even has like the kind of blonde hair, the really red face, the really red face, a little fuller in the face as well. well nothing wrong poorly. with that. And then it, like you know, <laughs> they show him front and center to start the commercial, which is funny. It caught my attention. And then you just keep looking for him in the background. And then in the final scene in the Christmas party, he's doing he's, the John, he's Wall. Doing the John <laughs> Wall, but he's doing the John Wall like a really old person, or maybe even Mark Stoops would do, where like they can't just like flex and turn their arms they have to like move their arms out and out and like horizontally so a uh, good stuff all around and that's what the nil is oh, all about man. baby hey the, speaking of nil did y'all see the kansas players deal the applebee's yeah, yeah. no pretty Tell me. so uh when t- kansas beat texas right they won with a walk-on catching a two-point conversion in overtime and uh his parents like he wasn't supposed to be in but somebody got hurt during the game and his parents are videoing it, and the whole time they're like... From the other side of the stadium. Yeah, right? they're, yeah, they're in the opposite end zone. They're like, wait, was that John? No, is that John? And uh, so Applebee's, they play a little bit of that. They have him come in to eat the... Get his two for, you know, wow, combo. That's, that's sweet. Always that's go cool. for... You gotta always go for two. I can't that's wait what, to... Yeah, <laughs> that's the line. It's he great. got, But he got $800 in cash and $1,000 for Applebee's. Well, okay. They should have given. I mean, Applebee's should have given him like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's a terrible deal. But whatever. But I mean, he, hey, he knows he, he's he, just but, getting more. Sure. But, but he's a walk-on. He would have never got a nil deal otherwise. Sure, and I'm sure he's just happy for anything. And there's truth to that. But uh, that's sweet. I can't wait till we go to a commercial so I can watch that. That that's pretty cool. Good for them. Probably the proudest moment in Kansas football history. <laughs> Although they did go to that Orange Bowl that one time. Don't have a lot Man, of history. People forget that. Yeah, people do forget that. Text on into the Thornton's text line and stop on in the Thornton's stores. Yeah. They have donuts, they have coffee, and everything in between. Oh, yeah. Beers. Really, I do stop in there to just get like a little Powerade, Gatorade, get my fix. And I could, the amount of candy, snacks. Yeah. 
It's like nice. a road. Like it's like if I'm on a road trip, I'm just going to town on this stuff. Man, that is the best part about a road trip, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of loading up on snacks at the gas station. It kind of is. Yeah, kind of is. A good, a good road trip is is fun every now and then. No yeah, more than wanna... no more than one a year. It seems like. Yeah, I would say you know I'm good for like a few more, two or three. Like but... I'm talking like a nine hour drive. Uh, and obviously you six can. hours or yeah, much more manageable. Obviously you can, but like the nine hour ones are when you like your first gas station stop. You're you're like, all right, I need to load up as if we're never stopping again. Of course you will in about an hour and a half or two hours, but you load up big. Those are for the long ones. My uh, our, our guy Dugan, he did the, he went to Wrigley and back for the Purdue. Yeah, game I feel over like he's weekend. been out of town every weekend. But that was a uh, that that's that's a long day, but that's a do that's a doable. Leave in the morning, watch uh, the Boilermakers spank Northwestern, get on back. I don't think uh, I don't think Uncle Jeff's going to be at Thanksgiving this year, oh. or else I would talk some some smack for you, Scooter. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Although not a whole lot of smack to talk. Yeah, Indiana is going to punt the ball against you. Yeah, they may score double digits. One of the most high volume punters in the league. <laughs> Um, Watch out! I heard this on the, this morning. Did you, the Ole Miss punter got caught with PEDs? The Ole Miss kicker. That's great. Oh, um, a punter. Yeah, like he got busted for PEDs or something. What a punter takes steroids. Who do you like in the Egg Bowl? I don't know, man. Uh, because. I weirdly like Mississippi State, but I, I, I do as well. I've got this like weird feeling that on Friday it's gonna be like, why did you think that? Yeah, I'll, do a gen- that? I'll do a gentleman's bet with you both on I, that. I, guts just telling me I'm gonna go. I, I'll go Mississippi State. I just think their defense is. I think they're gonna be able to do pretty much what they want offensively, and I just think kind of you know there's some similarities. Obviously, different styles, different teams, different talent levels. Some similarities to the UK and U of L game, but. I think Mississippi State gets just a few more stops. Yeah, I don't have any official sources on Caden Costa, uh, any, any reported confirmations. But um, I, I think, are you just making up that Ole Miss is punter? My source was PFT Commenter, so it wasn't a great source to begin with. So it was a joke. <laughs> no, there was actually something on Reddit that like it looks like he's suspended for the game. Blah 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 blah. Um, I would say. The, the, the one thing that has me hesitant, I want Ole Miss to win, but the one thing that has me hesitant is they've won a lot of really tight games this year, and Mississippi State is sneaky, like one of the – like they're one of the hotter teams in the country right now. When you're playing in a lot of close games, the law of averages eventually wins out, and Ole Miss has been getting by the skin of their teeth re- recently. So I think in the Egg Bowl I might have to go with the Pirate. And you know what? If they lose, then – uh, my consolation prize is that's good news for Kentucky. I know Luckett last night was tweeting out bowl scenarios, and he really has it kind of between has has it pegged between Kentucky and Arkansas for Outback or Music City. Um, you know, weirdly, I'm like okay with either one of those. Yeah, I would prefer more importantly, Outback. Just, more importantly, just beat Louisville. Yeah, yeah, that's more important right now. If Kentucky, it, it, it's not going to work this way. It's going to work the, the opposite. But if Kentucky somehow like beat Louisville and still ended up in Music City, I'm I'm not batting an eye. Yeah, whatever. Right. It'd be weird. I'd I'd kind of be, be weird like, being yeah, a nine win team. Wonder how that happened. Right. But whatever. It, if you're not going New Year Six, I want the Outback just to kind of cross it off the list again. Right. Right. 
And then at that point, it's like you've kind of been to all of them except the New Year's Six at that point. So just go to that one next, except for the Texas Bowl. But, yeah, don't really care about the Texas Bowl. Ooh, I will say the Las Vegas Bowl when the SEC ties in. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. It's every other year. That one I'd be excited about as well. Uh, That's a non-New Year's Six, obviously. But, yeah, if it ends up being the Music City, cool. You'll get 20,000, 30,000 U.K. fans in Nashville for that game. And if it's Outback, then I think – if you end up going ten and three, Outback Bowl champions, another successful season as UK climbs the ladder. Man, nothing wrong with that at all. No, nope. <laughs> I would like, like you said though, it would be nice to check off something new. And being in Florida, to newish, new to us. Well, I went to the Outback Bowl, no big deal. But but having that just Florida feel, it just feels bigger. Um, and you're probably like, if I'm Wandale Robinson, am I going to play in the Music City Bowl? Probably not. You know? Oh, yeah. Come on. You missed out on two years playing for Kentucky. You can do one more game, buddy. One more game. Come on. He, he would, one. He'd be one, the first one in a while that I would worry about an opt-out. Just because he's a little guy. He's going to set that receiving that receptions record against Louisville. Yeah, but I still think there's going to be like, well, you know. A di- you it, did decommit from us pretty late in the game. Well, Nebraska never played in a bowl when he was That's there. true. He wants to play in a bowl, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. It's Suck true. it, Roush. Suck it. Hey, just putting that out there. So it means you've heard maybe a little something about it, but I hope that uh, I I would be surprised, and I hope that's not true. I really uh, enjoyed too that like DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones were like quote tweeting some random Twitter account with 500 followers. Yeah, I saw that on Monday. Like, who told you that we're coming back? And it's like, well, you're you quote tweeting it gives it credence. Yeah, I wouldn't get too worked <laughs> up about that. I mean, but th- those guys are definitely probably coming back. Square? And Jones, yeah. Oh, I thought Square was more like 50-50-ish. Jones, yeah. But I, I have a feeling both will end up. That'd be uh, great. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Uh, that seems like it, it's uh, you're more confident than I have felt on Square, and I love hearing that. Uh, oh, somebody took somebody says, I'm bypassing the Thornton's text line, and I'm going to the tweet tweet line. Oh, who dat cats fan? Second time this week. What's the odds if Stoop left, we could get Nick's old Uncle Jeff? Great coach and triggers CN Ennis and Deputy <laughs> Doofus. Card Nation would have revolt. Oh, man, CN Ennis is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better than MSN, ESPN, I don't know. What, what's yeah, that just, one? Just move on. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> MSESPNC. Um, yeah, I could see Uncle Jeff being a candidate. I could see that. That would be... Cash turns down Louisville just so he could get a Kentucky job. But I think there'd be some Kentucky fans that wouldn't love it. Yeah, there was for, some for, that, for a variety of different reasons. I think the big reason would be the consistency there, and you would also wonder, yeah. like, we've had this running football team. You haven't been able to run the ball at all at Purdue. But you know what, Jeff? It definitely would be kind of a, a style change. Dude, Jeff coaches like a he's like a Rich Brooks in that, like, the way that it's all right. We're gonna beat some really good teams. We're gonna lose some teams you're gonna hate losing to, and we're gonna be about seven and five every year. Which like, yeah, you know, could be worse. I think if Kentucky 
if there would just be a way you could predict the future and be like, all right, Brom, for better or for worse, you're going to be our guy for 10 years. Like, you wanted to stay close to home. You're close to home. Lexington's you your new home. You beat Louisville a bunch. Like, you're going to – He's going to want to win that game every single year. You're going to dominate this state recruiting, and we're going to – you know what? If you have a bad season every now and then, we're going to stick with you. If you have a good season, we expect you to stick with around with us, although I wouldn't expect – supposedly he's such a homebody, I wouldn't expect him to go anywhere else. If you could make some sort of long-term commitment – I don't know, say with a contract, per se. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously that's what a contract is, but if somehow you could guarantee it, you know, there's no promises with that sort of stuff. But I would be down with that because you would dominate the state recruiting. It'd be fun. He would know what it means. You know, he'd kind of get it uh, to some degree. But you'd have some Kentucky fans that would hate it. You'd have more Louisville fans that hate it, though, so that may be the the play. It's a good selling point. Well, I'll I'll bring this up when we have Mike Rutherford on in hour number two, but that's going to be a good time. Talk more cats and cards, man. Because Sat- I I love the the takes on Satterfield. I'm I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving tomorrow to get my to to put my barometer out mm-hmm. and, and engage how folks are feeling about Satterfield. Because one of my cousins, too, he you know, he's an older guy. He's watched a lot of Louisville football, and he's not as hot takey. And I'm sure he's just kind of like. You know, he's okay, but, like, he's not the best. And I think that's kind of where a lot of folks are. Just like I think so, too. And I think most folks are like, all right, we'll have another year. Yeah, attendance won't be great. People aren't going to get overly excited about it, but he's, I guess, done enough to see how it's going to grow. Because they do have young pieces that – while yeah, they got like seventy it, freshmen. Or while whatever they like yeah, to say. and and some of their younger guys have done some nice things this season for them. Whether or not they have any sort of expectation to have a decent season next year or not depends on if Cunningham comes back for a super senior year. If he does, then yeah, U of L fans I think should be kind of optimistic about a fun year, especially if the ACC stays very a poopy as it has been. If he if they don't, they're gonna have to go to the transfer portal for a quarterback, and it better be somebody good because what they've got on board right now ain't pretty. Uh, oh, wonder if Zian Ennis is uh well third string quarterback depth. You know, it's just that's a uh, it's on the coaches. You know, so Cunningham better not get you know a little nicked up on Saturday. Otherwise, yeah, is that an implication on coaching? Yeah. Oh, uh, who who is their third string quarterback now? Evan. Conley's second. He is horrible. Yeah. I don't know who their third is. It's not McCaffrey. He left as soon as he showed up, right? Yeah, but you know Three what? Three days. I, I, I'll give Louisville a compliment. Kentucky's going to have to – they're, they're going to have to kind of beat them into submission. This Louisville team doesn't really give up. They have not been blown out with the exception of the Ole Miss game in game number one. They have hung tough in a lot of games, and for the most part, Roush, they blow games. So they're in a good position until mm-hmm. they're not. Uh, but they it's a team that I don't think Kentucky's going to win by 40. I still think Kentucky should win, and I still think Kentucky should win comfortably. But it's it's going to be more four quarters than this series has been really since the Lamar game. Well, does it change your mind that Liam Cohen said yesterday was hands down the best practice they've had all year? No. He, no, he, I, I think this team has been ready to click for a little bit. He said – I think it's Saturday, too. He could feel the juice. He said, you know, I can I can only think back to the intensity of the practice before uh, the playoffs when we played the Cowboys back in 2018. The intensity of uh, NFL playoffs is like the intensity of rivalry practice. 
what was kind of funny. He said that somebody was blocking like 60 yards downfield running in the end zone. Somebody was just going full bonsai out there on scout team. <laughs> just like. <laughs> I wonder who they use as as Cunningham in practice. I don't know. Stoops did say on his calling show that Kai Sharon got a little too close to one of the defense linemen. They're, they're jacked up. They're fired up. They're ready to. Oh, gosh. There's going to be some pregame festivities. Oh, man. It's going to be great. Hope nobody does it. You know, don't don't get kicked out of the game. Yeah, just get. <laughs> don't go punching people. Well, if you do, do it before the refs go into the field, right? Yeah, what if, like, Kentucky just had lookouts? <laughs> <laughs> They're coming! be like a squid game situation. Well, there was, like, uh, in the, uh, the high school rule where you can't dunk if the refs are out at warm-ups. So you would always have yeah, to. Yeah, that's like, always really dumb too. Which that is the dumbest. You should be able to punch ever. people when you want and dunk when you want. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. Wacky idea Wednesday on <laughs> KRC. Hey, let me ask you a trivia question before we go to our daily double break here. All right, hit me. Okay. It's not really how that works. What was the first broadcasted sporting event in Kentucky? Um, I think the low hanging fruit would be to say the Kentucky Derby, but I'm actually going to say that was, it was second. A, a boxing match at Freedom Hall. I'll give you a hint. It was around this time of year. I was, oh, male manual. Male manual. Yeah, there. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was the first Were you, broadcasted sporting sports telecast uh, in 1948. Mm. 1948. Today in 1948. Kentucky's first television station, Wave, went on the air Thanksgiving Eve, and then the next day they broadcasted Mail Manual. I, I, I wonder what the broadcast of that game was. I mean, it was only their second broadcast ever, <laughs> <laughs> let alone a sporting event. And then that following May, Roush, was the first derby that was broadcasted. Do you know who won that derby, 1949? Uh, citation, right? Ponder. Oh. Citation won the Triple Crown right around then. Um, yeah. Hey, Kentucky won the Basketball National Championship in 1948, 1949, 1951. What does that mean for this season? I think you know. Citation was 48. Mm, gotcha. All right, Hour 2, Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up next, CJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Over? You say over? I heard the family! Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Bro-ho. Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roush, why don't you tell everybody about Salsarita's catering options? Man. It's a great way to host a party. I know a lot of you probably aren't ready to hoof it out there in the cold at a Cardinal Stadium this Saturday. So go ahead and treat your friends and family to a little Salsaritas. Download the app. You'll get a bunch of Salsaritas bucks. They'll deliver it right to you with a ton of chips to go with your fresh guac, 
your tasty queso. You can get your your taco trays, or you can just get some nachos, the three amigos. An mm. excellent way to host a party. Do it with Salsa Readers. they got two locations, one in St. Matthews and one in Middletown. Check them out today. Delicious. Delicious Salsa Text into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. We're going to get to that this hour. Kentucky doesn't play a basketball game again until Friday against North Florida. Should be more of the same. Uh, hopefully Kentucky won't only have eight scholarship players. At least you'd think maybe Davion Mintz feeling a little bit better. If not, maybe where Toppin comes back? Who freaking knows? Always, always a mystery when it comes to Kentucky players and being injured. All right, let's get to that Thornton sex line, actually. 502-414-1450. A texture says, you guys are being pretty harsh on the offense here, IMO. My only gripe is that we're not getting to the line very much. Other than that, I don't really have any complaints. I, I said that uh, the game on Monday night was, I chalked it up to just a bad shooting night. I wasn't concerned or worried about it. They just, the shots weren't falling. You're not going to have Dante Allen go 0-5 from the three. I wasn't trying to be overly harsh. I don't think I don't think we, I think we also preface it by saying like you know you kind of got to be nitpicky in these games you do yeah you know it wouldn't be it, it texter wouldn't be the most fun radio if I just said hey it was an off shooting night <laughs> you gotta you gotta kind of get into a little bit more and then when you get into a little bit more you find more stuff that you end up disagreeing with but the overall sentiment I, I agree with you all I agree with you texter and I do want them to get to the line a little bit more uh, again don't want to trigger anybody, so if you're somebody that gets worked up about my takes on officiating and free throws, just turn down the dial for three, two, one. But it was a mostly a blowout game, and Kentucky generally isn't going to get a ton of calls. And I shouldn't say a tough, you know, it was a 12, 14 point game for the most part. But refs aren't going to want to allow a team that's winning by 30 for the most part to shoot 30 more free throws than their opponent. Yeah. Texter, I'm not going to get into it. Texter says, so Roush, were, were you one of the savages at the sales that would go to parties, break car windows while having group chants? My older brother told me some of the sales kids were absolutely savages with some of the parties they went to in high school. Uh, I think he's confusing them with the South End Savages, which were a... Uh, Who's the South End Savages? Is that, was, is that a real thing? That was a real thing. That rolls off the tongue so much better. Oh, yeah. The South End Savages. And they were... Um, it was like the we're gang, but we're not really a gang kind of deal. They would just like fight people together at parties. Then they were no, the, and they were the South End Savages. Not to say that some of my friends at DeSales never got into any, you know, fisticuffs from time to time, but you know, I was not of that group too. I got so we find out that Roush was an infamous South End Savage. <laughs> I was not a South End. You were just going around beating people up at parties. Would they ever go to the East End? Yeah, they would. I think everywhere. Would they, they go savages. to the, they, would they go to the West End? Probably not. <laughs> Actually, they probably did. The the funniest if I could really date you in a time and place if you ever went to Big Reds, and there's some people out there like, never, oh man, I used to I used to go to Reds. Never heard of it. Would, he would charge like two dollars to go to his house, just for like to people hang out. It was weird, very weird, weird time. Wait, what? There's somebody's house, and you he just would have to he pay would have like in? a cover charge, yeah, at his house. And, like, at just any moment, there could just be, like, music playing, drinking. People smoking. Yeah. Freaking black and milds. You ever freak a black and mild? That's some South End stuff right there. 
You take the 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 pay. They would. Uh, is Big Red still up and running. Can I just go there like after the radio show? Red's... Give them two dollars and just go there and uh, probably see Trevor in the corner. Probably. Did you ever the freaking black and mild thing was very fun. No, I'm not familiar. It was like you would take the tobacco out of the black and mild, pull the paper out, and then put the tobacco back in so that the black and mild would hit harder. You know, no. didn't have the filtered paper. I'm sure my friends did that. I had a girl something different. I had a girl at a gas station asked me that a couple of years ago if I'd ever done that. Ever I was like, the black and mild I was like, I have no like, idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's a uh, South End special for you. South End savages. All we got to do is keep Malik contained and force these two-star bum receivers <laughs> to beat our defense. Bottom line is we just got to expose these literal losers up front that weigh 20 pounds that could be starting for a D3 school. Talent, expose talent. Jimmy's and Joe's, baby. And I still just can't figure out this line. It's gonna drive me. It's gonna drive me to insanity. But make no mistake, I'm ha- I've, I've got a small fortune on it. That's the only thing that's like causing me reserves on Saturday. Is that like what does Vegas freaking know here? That being said, Texter, while you were maybe a little over the top, it's true. Kentucky's got an incredibly punishing and ginormous offensive line. They have a small and thin defensive line. And, Roush, it's not a coincidence that they've been so bad in the second half. They wear down. And you would hope that Kentucky, having some battles against SEC teams this season, including Georgia, one of the best defensive fronts in the history of college football, that that's going to pay dividends when a smaller defensive line can start to wear down on a cold Saturday night in the second half. Kentucky should be able to wear them out, folks. I, I don't see any scenario Kentucky doesn't win this game, and that's making me even more nervous. I, I hate how confident I am. Yeah, hate it. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I understand completely what you're saying. Like the more I, I don't get it, Roush. Malik Cunningham's a good player, and he's going to do some really nice things on Saturday. Yeah, and they're going to score some points. I don't like, think he's going to be able to do enough of it, though. And I don't know how Louisville is slowing down Kentucky's offense. Or getting off the field, really. I shouldn't even say slow down because I don't know if Kentucky's going to be moving too fast. I think Kentucky's going to have some long drives. That defense is going to get rested. Cunningham's going to get cold and antsy on the sideline. I, I, I bet bet a lot of. I mean, gamble responsibly, <laughs> but Kentucky's going to win. I mean, it's free money. And luckily, we're in Indiana, and we can take care of that. I stuff. also think that the. Um... As much as Satterfield's like, oh, we're embracing the rivalry. It's like, dude, you don't, you don't have the introduction to the Governor's Cup class that Mark Stoops has taken his team for. I, I think Stoops is going to have his guys ready to play. They've really talked about cranking up the physicality as well, and I think it's going to be a long day for that Louisville defense. Yeah, I think Kentucky's like quietly like, all right. This has been kind of an up and down season. We're ready to, we're ready to kind of punish. Put somebody. it all together. Yeah. Ready to punish somebody that we're we're excited to punish. Gosh, I hope so. I mean, I hope that's where their mindset is. It's been the case for the most part. And that's how they've been throughout this series. You know, the nice thing about Saturday, like we're really not missing with that game being Saturday night. What's the best game we're missing? Alabama Auburn's at three thirty. Ohio State Michigan's that noon game as it always is. Bedlam Bedlam's the best game we're missing. Oklahoma State Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, who cares? I mean, it's for the Big Twelve. Oklahoma's but. so boring to watch. Yeah, I get it. Like right. the and you know the the situation of it all is important, but Oklahoma's boring to watch this year. No good. Nope, not at all. Another texture. 
on the Thornton's Texon. Says, field goals won't win this game. Need to convert when we get in the red zone, and I want 25 carries for C-Rod. And to your point, uh, Texter, I don't have the numbers. I can pull them really quick, but Louisville's bad in the red zone. Uh, Kentucky, good in the red zone. If you look at red zone uh, scoring percentages as far as touchdowns go, uh, Kentucky was has been in the top 25 all season. They're ranked 16th, scoring touchdowns 71% of the time. Uh, Louisville, on the other hand, is uh, only at 66%. They're down around 30, uh, uh, top 40 in the country kind of deal. So the getting touchdowns versus field goals is important. And getting stops down there, too. Uh, you go back down that Florida game, how many times did the Gators get in scoring, uh, you know, like in scoring range, and they were stopped short. The final eight minutes of the game, Florida had first and goal. <laughs> Seemed like it. Yeah, still got stopped. Still got stopped. So I, uh, the Texas right, and the, the valuing the ball, valuing the possession is incredibly important, and that goes back to the turnovers thing. And I think that's what Louisville fans are hanging their hat a lot on is the turnovers. I just think it, it's so funny that like. This game has, we've gotten to the, the, he said, you played this person, you played them. And it's just like a dumb circle of life. It's like Jimmy's and Joe's players. Kentucky's are better. You can't help but think that like power five and, and all the metrics and all those rankings and how they all juice them. Like, Power Fives probably carry so much weight, and the fact that Louisville's played one more Power Five and Kentucky's played three not very good. You know, Louisiana Monroe, I think, had an all right season. But three not good at all out of conference. Like, how much are those three teams weighing down Kentucky's strength of schedule? Probably a great deal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sure that's where most of it but comes it, from. But it, And you are right. Like, it, it just, you know, it doesn't matter. If Louisville fans are comfortable with those metrics and feel like U of L's played a tougher schedule, then that's good for you all. If Kentucky fans are confident with the schedule UK's played and going up against SEC talent and the SEC players in the trenches each and every Saturday, then that's good too. The good news is we'll find out. Yeah. Like we'll find out. We'll find out. And uh, Vegas seems to suggest that it's going to be a close game. It very well could be. If that's the case. Kentucky's won some in the fourth quarter, going out there, finding ways to win, and they've been not been able to do enough in the fourth quarter, too. Uh, Louisville, for the most part, not great in the fourth quarter. Now, they've they've won a few close games, a couple close games, but I, I would like Kentucky's chances there yeah, as well. Yeah, um, I know that Wildcat fans are more recently snake bit, but, I mean, on that same night that Kentucky lost to Tennessee, Louisville lost to Clemson. And they had a 13-point fourth quarter lead? Or was it just a six-point? I think it was 13. I mean, second half at least. Yeah, yeah. They blew a lead and loss as well. Much worse. So, suck it cards. You're good at losing games in the fourth quarter. Kentucky roll call. Texter says KRC, letting it know it's for us. Y'all guys going to talk about the afternoon show stereotyping Eastern Kentuckians as rednecks who have never seen a black person? <laughs> Did that really come up? I think folks in Eastern Kentucky have seen folks of all walks of life. I think there's a lot of... Including African-Americans. Yeah. God, it would be terrible to be from Eastern Kentucky. They get so much crap. 
feel bad for folks in Eastern. I, same, beautiful though. Same. Beautiful part of the country. It is. I remember having that, thinking that way too when I went to play basketball there in high school, and I was like, oh, no, actually, there's uh, plenty of, as TJ said, there's folks from all walks of life that live here, that grew up here. It's a very diverse area of the country, and uh, they're good people. Kind of like how, like, the the othering that we get from the city of Louisville and vice versa is dumb because we're more similar than we are different. Totally, totally more similar than we are different. And, and that's always kind of the funny thing is there are just different people, different groups of people, different regions that get crapped on, but... Yeah, that was when when we like that was the funny thing about college at UK. You had a bunch of people from Louisville. You had a bunch of people from all over the state, and you had outsiders from the state. It was almost like every it was like everybody was at a zoo. Well, it was like, huh? I, you know, like I, I've been such in my little bubble right, right. in my community or my town. I didn't really know that there could be all these other walks of life. And that goes for everywhere. That goes for Louisville people going to different parts of the state. It goes for people coming into Louisville. And it's always just best to be nice to folks. Right, Roush? Yeah. Yeah, Louisville's pretty nice, too. It's not like there's just... I, I, I know there were some that whenever protests happened last year, they just thought that downtown Louisville was a war zone. And it's like, no, no, that's not... It's not... There isn't just crime and roving gangs of savages all over the place just busting out windows. That's just in the South End. <laughs> the South End savages. And Louisville's crime rate is too high. It shouldn't be as high as it is. Right. But and it's not COVID like... had a big impact on downtown. And obviously there was an impact from the summer of 2020, everything going on. Um, Louisville, well, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Mike. I've got a few things to say about okay. all that. You know. Okay. Following up the Salsarita Hold sex. on, read the other one first. Oh, wait. My bad. Go just one down. Oh, okay. Boys, hammered some Salsaritas for the fam tonight. Haven't heard you talk about it yet, but my son got shrimp nachos and they were fire. <laughs> I kept it safe with the quesarito and my oh my, fresh everything. Following up with my salsarita text, wifey hit me with the, this is going to take over Qdoba and Chipotle. Whoa. It wow. Is. It's much It's much better. It is much better. It's much fresher. I will and... say I, I have had the shrimp nachos that your son had. I... I it's I gotta have my shrimp in like a burrito or a taco. The nachos, just the consistency was just I don't know. Interesting. I just shrimp on nachos. I'm just not used to like seafood nachos. Yeah, I I I think I'd like it. I mean, their shrimp is good. Their chips are good. Man, just, put it all in my mouth. I love that uh, you had that enlightening experience, though, Texture. We're te- we're telling you, it's just the Make, the freshness. You can taste it. And remember, when you're checking out, you say Kentucky Roll Call sent you, and then you give a little wink. They'll know. They'll know. It hel- it really helps our business. But if you don't do the wink, it won't count. <laughs> got to do the wink. You got to do the wink. Ooh, yeah, I f- hope I've, you got the blue power. A right little, too. you know, like a little finger, you know, like a little finger air gun at them, you know. That goes. That that works. That works as well. A texter says, "Cabin Coke." Did I do it right? And it was a picture of them doing Cabernet and Coke. Justin's. <laughs> My new favorite. Justin's wise idea. I tried it on Monday, I believe. Just tastes like flat Coke. Just tasted like a flat Coke. You know, I'm like I, your Coke had been in the fridge or been in the garage <laughs> for two years. I'm just glad that you all gave it a whirl. Nick hasn't oh, tried it I'm yet, not, but not, I will not be giving it a whirl. Oh, you gotta not give it a whirl. Be I would say if you cat. don't like 
Oh, it's gonna be a like, great story to tell at Thanksgiving too. If you don't They're, like people red are wine, people be laughing at you so much, Justin. If you don't like red wine and you're in a position where that's the only thing to drink, and you for some reason just don't want to not drink, it's like it's more rude to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have some coke." Well, you can sneak out. You could sneak off with it. <laughs> But it does. It takes away the taste of the wine, in my opinion. The texture actually disagreed, but they get back to that a little bit later. The just mixing Coke in general with, I think, any alcoholic beverage, the, the Coke pa- flavor overpowers, you know? Yeah, I used to – well, this is really embarrassing. But, like, when I was wide-eyed to drinking, like my experience into drinking, mm-hmm. I would, like, occasionally have a drink here or there in high school. But probably summer going into college is when – you know, like yeah, all you really know, when, crank when, it up when every, yeah. people were coming back from college and it was everybody was was getting into it. I do vodka and Coke and that was horrible. Oh, oh man. It's horrible. So bad. God. There uh, a, a family friend would order vodka Cokes and I would just kind of look at him like, what is wrong with you? My first time I got hammered or blackout was off Heaven Hill vodka. I was just doing straight yeah. rips. Yeah, same. You and didn't then know. chasing it with Coke. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't even chasing. It. I, I didn't. Was I doing didn't that. even know that. Like it was. I, I was like, oh, it's just supposed to taste bad. This is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Pooh, that was a bad night. Uh, right. Loserville sucks, but Trevor sucks more. Why take out your suck it and you suck it? Well, when you wake up suck Friday it. morning and you turn on Kentucky Roll Call, you're gonna hear a little bit of the big guy. Yeah, yep. and you're gonna hear about him sucking. He does suck. Alabama got a big gift. They could be dining on Bearcat meat soon. (laughs) So so Cincinnati's in the college football playoff for now. For now. Great. Oh, they're at four. Alabama's at three, so they wouldn't play each other. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Michigan comes in at number five. Notre Dame at six. If I was a Cincinnati fan, I wouldn't be feeling all warm and fuzzy just yet. Nope. Let's see how these... Chips fall, and you're going to see if a one-loss Notre Dame – well, I mean, a one-loss Notre Dame's not getting ahead of them, so you're safe there. But would a one-loss Oklahoma State jump them? I don't know. I don't know. Would a Michigan win in a really close game bump them out? Yeah. Michigan win would bump them out because they would keep Ohio State. That being said, you know, Alabama's probably picking up another loss. What does that do? You, you you wouldn't be com- competing with as many one-loss teams if you're Cincinnati. You're talking more about two-loss teams. But anyway, it, well, the chips will fall where they may. I generally just want the best four teams. I don't think that's Cincinnati, unfortunately. Well, it's not. So, sorry. Text into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. We're going to hit a break. We'll have Mike Rutherford on next from Card Chronicle and the Mike Rutherford Show. Get a look inside of what the cards bring to the table in the Governor's Cup on Saturday night. You're listening to KRC here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 
And we had a special privilege from the city of Louisville. They wanted KRC to do a little advertisement, tourism advertisement. Mm-hmm. And Roush and I wanted to just say the city of Louisville, incredibly safe, especially Cardinal Stadium. That part of town, specifically safe, welcoming of all types, mm-hmm. all peoples, especially Kentucky fans. They'd love to see you on Saturday night. Very, very welcoming place. And nobody more welcoming to UK fans specifically than Mike Rutherford of Big Exports Radio and Card Chronicle. Mike, how are you? Um, doing well. Not happy that we're starting the interview off with straight lies because, uh, as we all know, it's the most dangerous part of Louisville, right around Cardinal <laughs> Stadium. Uh, they're going to bug you. They're going to stab you. They're going to shoot you. Uh, don't even bother showing up for the game if you're wearing blue. It's just how it works here. Of course, this message board post from a Kentucky fan referencing that around that part of town, Louisville's not safe. Safe, what'd they say for long li- like long- longevity purposes? Uh, something, something along those lines. And, of course, it was outlandish. And I have enjoyed the Louisville fans that have been like, oh, actually, he's right. Don't come, Kentucky fans. I would take a similar pivot if the roles were reversed. So uh, that's been good stuff. Mike, how are you? Doing well. Um, Furnace went out here at the Rutherford Manor last night, so it's been a little bit of a rough night. But uh, we're hanging in there. We're staying strong. So two oh, is it st- is it two under two? I mean, I know you have a newborn, a literal. I mean, like a two week old. But I know Virginia is not not too old either. That can't be that can't be good. It's not ideal. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's not the the perfect scenario that we wanted going into the big holiday. But we're 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 surviving. We're 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 holding firm, and we're hoping that sometime in the next. Uh, hopefully hour or so we get a technician out here who actually knows what they're doing so oh man gosh godspeed well i I don't know what we could do we certainly can't fix furnaces but if there's anything we can do let it let us know and and for what it's worth the big x studio in southern indiana is freezing too so uh no it's it's not too much better 68 in here it's not it's cold in here (laughs) buddy i don't know what to tell you uh anyways cats cards you are, I kind of wanted to ask this. I think this is the first time, this is the first time that we've had you on. How are you enjoying Big X life? How, how's Trevor treating you? Loving Big X life. Every day's a movie. Um, it's classic Big X style. And since, you know, I started in August, it's only gotten bigger, only gotten next year. We just keep, uh, uh, keep expanding. The technology is second to none in this city or really any city in America. Um, love all the, the safety features we have installed. Love all the people. Love Big X Life. Period. It's been a. It's been an absolute dream these last few months. That's a nice answer. Mm-hmm. That's a nice answer. Especially considering you've Big X Life with Trevor Kelsey. Yeah, he av- <laughs> couldn't help but notice he avoided the Trevor question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you stayed quiet on on part two of that. Everybody loves the big guy. Uh, I've always told him, whatever you do, Trevor, more stories about uh, your your. Your BMs and throwing up. You can't yeah. get enough of those on radio. He's really come through clutch this week for you. It is the way that you like to start a rivalry week. <laughs> I, you know, I'm ready to like you know get fired up. Kentucky sucks. Let's go. Thanksgiving week basketball, and right out of the gate on Monday, Trevor starts the story about um, being so violently ill that he has to pull over on the side of the highway and then proceeds to uh, not be able to vomit outside of his, his new car, which he got two weeks ago. And also, um, he, he kind of danced around it and then just straight up said, you know, he, he crapped his pants as well. So that took the first half hour of Monday's show. That was, wow. It, there was oh, no Kentucky talk. Wait. That's why for Trevor Kelsey. You mean Trevor wasn't delicate and just barged 
all over <laughs> he tried he, he tried for about like he used some euphemisms for i think like a minute and a half and then just straight you know came out there it was coming out both ends <laughs> <laughs> there it is yeah he's not very subtle and even if you try to be subtle with him he'll make sure to squash and step directly on it and just spell it all out for everybody Spell it out for me, Mike Rutherford. Roush told me uh, the Courier Journal predictions. You picked the Cats. How long have you been a Kentucky fan? Oh God, I, I was hoping it hadn't come out yet because I, I, <laughs> I did the uh, the Lexington Herald Leader ones uh, as well. And I, I mean, that's kind of what I was. I think I was telling you. I'm probably not as good a guest for this week for you guys as Trevor is. Uh, I'm sure Trevor. You know, Trevor's been bringing the heat. I've been trying to get him to to get me on his level. But here's the thing about this game that I can't, like, get over. And if you've heard the show at all this week, you've heard me say this a couple of times. If 2019 had been competitive, I think I would feel pretty confident about this game. I can't shake the image of how similar the setup to that game was to this one, where, you know, all year long, Kentucky's seen as the better team, and and Louisville fans are kind of like, yeah, we made, that game may not go great for us. And then Louisville starts playing well at the end of the season. Kentucky goes down a little bit. And all of a sudden, it's kind of a pick 'em spread, and people are thinking confidently. And then Louisville goes out there, and Kentucky sets the record for most rushing yards in a in a, in a, a, a single game in program history. And I think it was the most rushing yards that season that an FBS team had against another FBS team. They just did whatever they wanted to for four full quarters. And I think that Louisville has gotten better in the trenches. They've recruited better. I think Kentucky's defense is, is dinged up right now. But it's just hard for me to wrap my mind around the disparity in the trenches being so significantly less than it was a couple of years ago that Louisville's going to be able to have that much more success. Uh, I think they can score on Kentucky's defense. I think Malik Cunningham will have some success. But as far as U.K. on offense, it just seems like they're going to be able to run the ball right at Louisville again. Um, so that's my biggest fear is just being able to shake that, that image of 2019 and how uh, just superior U.K. looked, just how bigger, faster, stronger, all that stuff they were than Louisville. I think Louisville's closed the gap a little bit, but have they closed enough to make up 33 points uh, in a couple of years? I guess we'll find out on, on Saturday night. Mike, I, you bring up a good point that Louisville has closed the gap to an extent in the trenches, but is there is there long-term hope on your end that, that like Satterfield has got this going in the right direction because there's been a lot of back and forth this year. He's getting some late season momentum, but I still can't pinpoint just exactly how Louisville fans feel about Scott Satterfield long term. Well, I don't think they can either. I mean, that's, that's so, you know, we've, we've hired and fired Scott Satterfield 11 times this season. Um, after every week, it's just a different reaction. And I do think that whatever happens on Saturday is going to go a long way towards determining how Louisville fans feel about him this offseason. I think if you. If you beat Kentucky and you go 7-5, and five, you top the over-under in Vegas. Most people thought you were going to be around 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. I think Louisville fans can see this as progress and say, you know, you were in all of your losses but a couple. You could have easily won nine games. Like, that will be the, the spin going into the next season. If you lose to Kentucky, and if it looks like it did a couple of years ago where Kentucky is just so obviously superior, I think you're going to have a lot of upset Louisville fans. They're going to say, you know, six and six, not a disaster, but certainly not a success. What are we? What are we seeing? What tangible evidence do we have to believe that things are going to get significantly better moving forward? And that's going to be the the bar that he has to clear next season. But I don't think Louisville fans know how to feel about Scott Satterfield. I think the the South Carolina stuff is still lingering just a little bit, but it's more about wins and losses. 
And like I said, if you can win this game, maybe win a bowl game, get to eight and five, you've got a lot of guys coming back next year. Hopefully you have Malik Cunningham coming back next year. That would be something for the fan base to hold on to. But I really think that so much of how he's viewed for the next you know, six, seven months is going to come down to how this team plays on Saturday. We're talking with Mike Rutherford, Card Chronicle, and more importantly, the Mike Rutherford Show on Big X Sports Radio. You can listen to it every day, 3 to 6, except for today, 2 to 5, right, Mike? Thank you so much for saying that, because I'm like 50% that I'm going to forget, and Trevor... Oh, Trevor's not showing I'm up till 3. <laughs> I'm expecting him to show up at 220. I'm expecting a very uh, unsettled, very, uh, like, like, just cussing everybody, Trevor Kelsey, storming in at 225 to get us on the air. So, tune in at 2, have your fingers crossed. It's a, you have a, a little following of Kentucky fans that listen. I know that you will tease and go back and forth with some on the, on the text line. But if you are interested and rational, for the most part, when Mike's talking at least, rational L thought, Mike Rutherford show, three to six normally, special two to five version today. And we're always, uh, always appreciative of any guest on Kentucky Roll Call and especially somebody that's in-house at Big X Sports Radio that's what it was for me, kind of what you were talking about, Mike, for 2019 uh, going into this year. L has gotten better in the trenches, but I, it's still a really small L defensive line, all things considered. Kentucky's strength is still on the offensive line. And then defensively, or on the other side of the ball, L's offensive line has gotten better. Uh, it's really come a long way in three years, which has been a nice progress for L Couldn't get too much worse. And then Cunningham. I know he's going to have some big plays and he's going to be able to do a few nice things. I just don't know how in the trenches L has gotten significantly better. Are there any players to watch on the L side that you think is, will be poised to make big plays? I think, I mean, offensively, it's Malik Cunningham and, and everybody else. If he doesn't have a good game, the offense isn't going to play well. We've seen that the last few weeks. I mean, he was sensational against Duke. Um, really good against Syracuse. And when he missed some big open throws against NC State and, and even Boston College, it really hurt the offense. The offensive performance just wasn't there. I think Louisville's every game this year, just about, I think maybe Ole Miss being the exception, Louisville's run a couple of deep post routes where they've had guys wide open. And when Malik Cunningham has hit on those, it's been, they've had good games. When he's missed on them, it's been they haven't been able to make up for that. And so I, I would focus on Tyler Harrell. He's the guy that they like to use as a deep threat more than anybody else. Um, also defensively, Yasir Abdullah has stepped up as, as kind of Louisville's big sack threat. I think he's their best pass rusher from the linebacker position. Uh, Kendrick Duncan, the safety, is going to be asked to step up and help them tackle a lot. Uh, he's a, probably a better tackler than he is a pass coverage guy. So I would keep an eye on those two guys. But you're right. I mean, up, up front, Louisville's front seven defensively has been better in recent weeks. They've held two really good running backs to low totals the last couple of weeks. But, you know, really good running backs and, and uh, for Duke and Syracuse don't have the same type of, of offensive line that UK does. So this is a different challenge entirely with guys like Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke. So um, C.J. Avery is another player, I would say. He's going to have to step up and, and play big. Louisville's leading tackle the last couple of seasons who's been back. But he's another undersized linebacker. This game really doesn't doesn't he's gonna have to play above his weight class like so many guys on that defensive side uh, on Saturday for Louisville you mentioned some of the guys on UK's offense who is the most scary person for Louisville who's who's the guy you're worried most about like gosh if this guy gets off going we're we're screwed well I mean if he holds on to the ball it's got to be Rodriguez just because you know he, he makes the UK offense go and also I mean he 
all the, the focus was on Lynn Bowden a couple of years ago. He lit us up too. I mean, I think he ended up averaging like 12 yards a carry. Uh, Smoke did as well. I mean, Smoke, I think, had like seven carries for 91 yards, and Rodriguez had like 10 for 160 or whatever it was. So uh, either one of those guys are definitely scary. But um, if you're looking at, at, at non-running backs, Wondell Robinson is the obvious name. Uh, Louisville fans, very familiar with him coming out of high school. I know what he's all about. Uh, and certainly he's a gigantic big play threat. Louisville has been good defensively, as bad as they were at the beginning of the season. They've been really good at neutralizing, I think, the big threat on the opposing offense and making sure that he alone doesn't get loose and, and really beat them. So uh, I think you're, gonna, you're going to see a lot of guys thrown at Wondell Robinson. Hopefully, um, you know, they're up to the task. It would be nice to have Keetrell Clark in this game, Louisville's best cornerback, but he's out for the season. So um, certainly the big names are all on Louisville's radar. I don't think there's anybody out there that they're uh, really not focused on that, that, uh, that you've heard of, that you would expect. Any feel for the, the crowd on Saturday night? This game hasn't been sold out or packed since they've moved it to November. I wish they'd move it to the beginning of the year, but that's, you know, that's good off-season radio topic, I suppose. Uh, any idea, and UofL and, and Kentucky have had questionable crowds at times this year. Kentucky did sell out a few games uh, against some, some bigger-name opponents. Any idea what to expect on Saturday? It's certainly going to be a drunk crowd, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be very contentious, very very hostile. I would guess as the, the late night games expect uh, you expect them to be between Louisville and Kentucky. I don't know what to expect from the crowd. I've been kind of wrong about it all season long. I thought it would be a bounce back effort for like the Central Florida game this season after it was so so dismal in the EKU season opener, and it didn't. The first three games all hovered right around forty thousand people. There was a, a better showing than I expected for that Clemson game. Uh, it was the only game this year where they've had above fifty thousand. And then last week against Syracuse, it was. Uh, I know the the fans who were there were loud and, and proud for Lamar Jackson and excited about that. But it was a, another really really thin crowd. So I think it's going to be better than I thought it was going to be like five six weeks ago. Just because more people, I think Louisville has a chance to win this game than they did a month ago. There's always going to be a healthy contingent of Kentucky fans, but it's probably not going to look like those those Louisville Kentucky games. 10, 15 years ago where you, know, you couldn't find an empty seat mm-hmm. anywhere. There's probably going to be some empty seats at that stadium, and that's just uh, life in, in 2021 and probably going to be life moving forward. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I just remember growing up, that place would always be packed. Sometimes it would be hotter than, yeah. than you couldn't believe, but it was always generally crowded, and everybody was pretty pumped up for it. I think folks are pumped up for it, too. I've seen a little bit of a Louisville narrative of, like, okay, this is a bowl team. They've gotten to six wins. The crowd hasn't been great all year. You all need to kind of show up. Like it's it's your fan duty for this game to show up. I think the crowd's going to be better than uh, than a lot of folks are thinking, but uh, it's still it's yeah it's going to be a really drunk crowd. UK fans, <laughs> you, I don't know if you know this or not, Mike. No beer for the common folk at Kroger Field. <laughs> I've heard, and I've heard that it's something that particularly grinds your gears, but uh, understandably so. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, we know your prediction. You, 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 we saw in the Courier Journal. Mm-hmm. We'll see it. Uh, you reserve the right to change it as well. We understand that Pe- things can change. Gut feelings can go on. Uh, but final thoughts for Saturday. You're, you're taking Kentucky in a close one. I took Kentucky. I think 38-30 was my final prediction. And, yeah, they both the Herald Leader and the Courier, they asked me on Monday. So, who knows? But Friday, if you tune into the show, uh, we'll be on from 3 to 6. You might hear me say, you know, cards 45-20. Uh, I, I might just totally <laughs> swing. You never know. I, I reserve the right. But as of right now, 
Um, I think Louisville certainly has a puncher's chance. They've got more of a chance than I, I would have envisioned a month ago. But it's still hard for me to just gloss over what happened a couple of years ago. I'm trying. I'm trying, Louisville fans who are listening to KRC right now. But I'm not 100% there yet. But I, I do think it'll be more competitive than the last few games, which have all been, you know, sort mm-hmm. of duds since, since the 2016 game. Yeah, they they have been stinkers, and this series has a long history of some stinkers, to be mm-hmm. honest. But uh, it should be a fun one at uh, Cardinal Stadium on Saturday night. Very safe place to be, and it's always <laughs> uh, fun talking with you, Mike. We'll have to do this for the basketball game as well, and get a preview on on U of L basketball. There's a few questions I could ask you now. I'm I'm curious about U of L this year, but we'll save that for another day. Let you get out of here, figure out how you can get your furnace working, and we'll be tuned in today at two o'clock to listen to the Mike Rutherford Show. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, fellas. All right, Mike Rutherford, Card Chronicle on Twitter. Make sure you're following them if you like following UofL media members, fans, bloggers, radio hosts. having the the furnace go out the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's miserable, especially with two kids that young. Not fun. Yeah. I should probably turn my furnace on in my apartment. We're down to 61, I think, when I left this morning. That's... I mean, that that I'm I'm not buying it. Sixty one. No personal space heaters or anything like that. Oh no, oh no. We just we layer up, put on some sweatpants, put on a couple hoodies, good to go. I, I'm not. We well here's so here's the thing with me and my roommate. We save money in the winter time by waiting forever to turn the heat on, so we can blow money in the summer because we'd rather be cool than hot. Mm. Does that make sense? I'd rather no, have a cool no, apartment really in the summer I mean, than a hot apartment. Your apartment is 61 degrees. That's dumb. There's nothing that's going to make sense it's to fine. me about that. No, it's not. And also, it takes so little work to just have it at 65. And like that, I can't imagine. You know, I haven't seen your apartment, but at a minimum, I can't imagine you have a huge bedroom. A little space heater would probably warm that bad boy up in no time. Oh, my room's pretty big. Okay, oh. Well, corrected. Apologies. <laughs> oh, what was this about you, Scoot, saying that you've? You almost went to a Morgan Wallen concert with some girl, and then now you're getting numbers left and right? I am, yep. You so things all, have changed in the last few days. The textures mm. have motivated me a little bit. Wow. I've, I've started to get that itch again, so thanks to you all. Wow. Well, I thought the itch is why you were sidelined for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Man. God. You got him. Walked into that one. Classic Joel, STD bring him out. <laughs> Let's get back to the Thornton's text line. Uh, but, yeah, by the way, supposedly Justin's gotten two girls' numbers and this dates week, are, are this imminent. This week. That we, we bullied them enough into going on a date, folks. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let's see. Oh, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Forgot to tell you guys, but I picked up my first official win as JV head coach in a scrimmage over the weekend against Bellevue a team located in Cincinnati. We pre- uh, we pressed the entire game, causing a record of 30 turnovers, three two hard press, and the opposing guards were absolutely shook because they had zero clue how to approach the press. My two words after every single basket was get up while absolutely screaming at maximum volume. The 50-year-old coach didn't have a prayer against me. <laughs> Quote to my team after the game, I don't want to beat teams. I want to absolutely kill them. Man, I oh. love the intensity. I just love it. That's I love, good stuff. you got to also remember we don't care for such long text. I also love that he said he picked up his first official win, but then went on to say that it was a scrimmage. That's so also, not a first official win. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point, Justin. Also, How'd I, your call go last night? It was oh, great. I, Mid-season I, form. I appreciate that. Like, No idea what to do against the, this press. It's like, oh, just throw it to the middle. Yeah. That's what, 
That's how you, you <laughs> that break sounds like practice. the old man coach on the other team couldn't figure it well, out. He was rattled. JV yesterday won four. Oh, more. Okay, great. Stats. <laughs> yeah, we we're not. We don't need your stats. We're not reading the stats over the air. <laughs> Shay here wanted to let KRC family know I'm thankful for y'all. You all make you help make every workday better, and you'll always make me laugh. Cats by ninety. Genuinely, Satterwhite will be most thankful for <laughs> knee pads this year, baby. Nick Roush voice. Suck it, Dirty Birds. Oh, man. Uh, hey, Satterwhite. Man. I forgot about Satterwhite. People do forget about Satterwhite. <laughs> <laughs> and to have it be Andy Bashir. Oh, man. That's great. I've got Coach Satterwhite here. <laughs> I don't think he was thanking Coach Satterwhite. Gosh. Hey, thank you, Shay, and thanks to all the listeners. Yeah. Hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. Which, man, my belly's rumbling right now. I'm very much looking forward to it. I don't think I'm going to get fried turkey this year. Bummed about it. I rarely get fried turkey. I mean, I'm going to, like, I hope that the there's no way to. She's listening. Oh, the no. smoked turkey's the best. I'm getting smoked turkey, and that's amazing. Fried turkey's better than smoked turkey. No, I like I'm, smoked. And I'm, I'll... As much as it's going to get me in the doghouse at home, I'll admit it. I am a smoked turkey guy. Smoked just has a little bit more flavor. Smoked is amazing. Turkey's a bland bird. Make no mistake about it. It's it, it is amazing. Smoked turkey's great, but fried turkey's where it's at. Yeah, getting a, a fryer for that though, like yeah, I didn't. We're it's not like smoking a turkey for that long is easy either. Yeah, but you have the smoker, though, Quick, already, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not frying a turkey. Right. Quick sidebar, best Thanksgiving side. Mac and cheese, duh. Uh, no green brainer. bean Next casserole. Uh, all of the casseroles. Okay. I'm mashed, the casseroles mashed potatoes are. for me. Mashed potatoes are good. They're good. Yeah, and I'm, I also like just putting all of the sides with the... Uh, like, you can basically put all of the sides in the mashed potatoes as well. Normalized <laughs> shriek corn as a Thanksgiving menu item. Instead Boring old corn, that's your grandparents' corn. Shriek corn, that's the corn of the future. I'm down with that. That's some hardcore corn. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on corn on Thanksgiving. I mean, it's fine. It's a little, but, you know. Wow. I'm there like for, a I'm Thanksgiving there for the, staple. I'm there for the casseroles. The first Thanksgiving, you're just spitting in their yep. faces. Spitting maize at them. <laughs> <laughs> Texture says, que pasa, amigos? Que pasa? Have a great day and a happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. Listen to you guys on podcasts every day. Keep up the great work. Let's go, cats. Kick the holy hell out of those stupid, nasty, disgusting birds. Woohoo! Apologies to the... Person in Tennessee for saying hell. Uh, I'm thankful for you, D- Dweeb. Seriously, though, it's great to have the best Kentucky sports show in Indiana to start the workday off. Man. Thank you. We don't get we don't get told that enough, and it's true. There's not a better Kentucky sports show in Indiana. Period. Number one, a whole state. <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, Texter says update on the cabin coke. Yeah. Could barely taste the cola and could and cold cabernet is not good. <laughs> See, I was the opposite. I could barely taste the wine. It just tasted like a flat coke. Thanks for trying, Adam. Appreciate it. Shout out to Adam for trying. Shout out. KRC wanting to get a team in the Black Friday charity scramble at Heritage Hill. Been doing it for ten plus years and it's a blast. I actually wouldn't like be totally out on that. I'm free Friday. Heritage Hill is a pretty awesome golf course. It is. All we need is Roush. What are you doing Friday? Are you all going? Or are you staying? You going Christmas? Staying? You going here? Staying? Stay, staying here. You like going that? Christmas. What's your preference again? Uh, I prefer Christmas here. No, you said whatever keeps me from Ohio anytime is what my <laughs> preference is, right? 
your preference is here Thanksgiving, there Christmas. No, I Opposite. like I like Christmas at my parents' house. Is but you, Thanksgiving, the one downer about Thanksgiving up there with her big family, no couches or TVs for t- for football. It's very, it's rough. I'd want Christmas home. Everybody home just likes how I'm being home Christmas. You don't like being out and about. Yeah, and I mean, we usually do uh, either, one but. of her family Christmas parties like beforehand. So I feel like you get a lot of it. You know, mm, yeah, um, kind of done. So, and my family just we get after it on Christmas Eve. Really, what if some families get after it on Thanksgiving? They don't as much at Brooks' family. Is my point. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. My family hide the old Forester or don't hide it. It's Our all family gone. parties are hit or miss. Just generally, kind of, it seems like it's like what day of the week Christmas is on, if that party gets rowdy or not and then thanksgiving doesn't really ever get rowdy oh it's getting rowdy this year because we got eggs bowling baby Woo! you ever go to a bar on thanksgiving night um i enjoy it i've i've definitely shared some alcohol with some friends but i don't know if we did it like in at a buddy's house or if we actually did the bar thing or not i've gone out for some packers games and then there's there's a group of friends where for a few years in a row we just go to uh the back door in the highlands and just play pool it was fun good nice. times yeah good times Ra- uh texture says what punter takes steroids <laughs> glenn Pakalak. Pac- well, looks yeah. like he did back in the day. You remember Glenn Pakalak? I don't. He is had he, uh... ham hocks for thighs, and he he was a punter for UK, like Lorenzen era. Uh, All-American, I believe, uh, one year. But he yeah, did not the name, win the Yeah, I mean, guy. the name sounds familiar. He but... blasted the hell out of a football. I just Googled him some saucy pictures for Glenn Pakalak. Oh, really? Oh, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Texas says, Roush, if your brother had a special birthday party with family, surely you would go and not skip for a friend's Christmas party, right? Um, well, first and foremost, my brother doesn't live here, so it's a clearly a different story. Secondly, it's my brother texting uh, that in. <laughs> secondly, uh, you should have planned it first. Yeah, you you can't you can't two weeks before a party expect me, the sports stalker, to not have plans on a Saturday night. Saturday night? It's a Dude, Saturday a night in December. How many people have open Saturday nights in December? Zero. There's not. There's not one. No, I mean I'm sure a lot of people do. That being said, Johnny, you'll you're you, we we don't need to be celebrating birthdays at your age, anyways. Old. Seriously, you're old. And like, I told like I, at this point, you only celebrate 40, 50. That's it. Forty's well, coming quick for you, buddy. What I told him is a sensible brunch at that age makes more sense for him. I'll be out at my Christmas party at night. He's going to go to bed early anyways. Yeah. Get a nice in. brunch. We can get the 6 a.m. Denny special. Mineral oil. Yeah, old man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell TJ about taking out the cancer paper in the, in the black and mild roush. If he doesn't know, then he is obviously privileged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't know what a freaking a black and mild is, then you're privileged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot that that's what we called it, too, the cancer paper. Yeah, we're taking this out so we can get the cancer. Oh, man. Happy Thanksgiving to all three of you, Shannon O'Bannon. Thanks, Shannon O'Bannon. Happy Thanksgiving to you in Nebraska. Absolutely. One of our favorite longtime listeners. John here. Good morning to all. Hey, Cal and Stoops. Hey, Cal and Stoops will coach their teams to victories, so load up on the yams and turkey. Just let the good times roll, my friends. I'm so thankful 
for the three F's this week, family, food, and football. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for this special time. You all have a safe and fun Thanksgiving. We'll got to go talk to you later. You have a great Thanksgiving, John, as well. Sorry for Evansville losing again yesterday. Mm. Maybe they bounce back today. That's tough. They're dogs against Akron. Hey, by the way, John, I called a game for a kid going to Evansville last night. Oh, you're getting, wow. Get, you're getting a good one. Wow, what's his name? Getting uh, Logan McIntyre. Oh, relation to Jason McIntyre? Not sure. Did you say that three makes him Logan Mackin on fire? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I'll use that in the future. You put that I in mean, your cap. Just doing his work for him. <laughs> it's amazing that Justin won't give up drinking in January and February, but gives up sex for a year in counting. <laughs> Maybe he should become a monk. He's the perfect height. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Wow. Gosh, double burn. Man, that well, was, that's, tough. that's brutal. And I didn't say I wouldn't give up drinking in January and February. I said I think I might try it this year. You should give it a you should give it a shot. I'll give it the old college try. Or don't. It you know. Really, I'm, I'm, I strictly do it for weight purposes. I might be grumpy. Uh, just so I can lose weight and then the next ten months I can bulk back up. It really is crazy. You just like drops off. These next two texts are reversed, by the way. Oh gosh. Uh that was a strange song to go to a commercial with some strange rapper girl with a terrible beat. Who should I blame? <laughs> and then some odd new country sounding song <laughs> coming back for the rate. Please don't take this personally. Just play better music. Trevor could help. He might know more about good music than some. <laughs> Uh, on the way out of the break, so we're playing Thanksgiving theme music. Yeah. That was that Back was Home SNL Ballers. Thing. That's yeah. an SNL skit. I, it's a really funny song if you haven't heard it before. It's just about like people coming back home and uh, or like in college kids basically coming back home and kind of terrorizing their parents' house. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I don't know if Justin took the best verse from it, but that's all right. I'm not Probably sure not. how familiar with the song he was anyway, so it, that's all right. It's, it's better when you hear it in totality. Um, and then we just figured that Rutherford would like some Morgan Wallen coming yeah, in. Yeah, he's a big Morgan Wallen fan. Yeah. So just, you know, we wanted to make him feel nice comfortable with some yeah. Morgan Wallen coming into the break. Yeah. Or coming back from the break. Uh, but he said, happy Thanksgiving. Or the texture said, happy Thanksgiving. I'm just busting your chops. It's a generational thing, probably. Some of us like Trevor's music because he knows classic rock country and 90s stuff. Yeah, but Justin's We're, been he- heavy I, on the 90s I know, yeah. I know that. I know that genre as well and i will play that just give it time i also like all sorts of the only music i cannot stand is like heavy metal same that'll never get played but besides that i'm open to everything we just have we just have a thanksgiving theme today and uh we'll we'll make it different other times oh man one texture says wrong answer mac and cheese isn't even a traditional thanksgiving food i kind of agree with that i love that uh i think it's due for the patriots that said mac and cheese he had the hot take that it's not good. It's just pasta and cheese. And people were, you know, had some emotions. It's dumb. To that response. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Alike loved it when someone would get Ma- a return dumb, dumb. Where, he, <laughs> where he got to wall up the ball carrier. Dude was a beast. Was also on one of those Bravo reality shows about singles in Dallas. Mm, so that's, that's probably where all the, the saucy pictures. Yep. <laughs> that explains it. Okay. Hunters on Bravo. Really just ticked me off with the mac and cheese text. <laughs> it's having a good show. Mac and cheese is a great side, but I don't, I just, I'm kind of with the texture. I don't know that it's I mean, a traditional it's, Thanksgiving side. It, like, we're punishing mac and cheese because it's good enough to survive other seasons. <laughs> and I don't think it deserves to be punished like that. That's a good point, too. You all know the majority of your Thanksgiving meals, mac and cheese is featured in some capacity. Negative. 
fault. I, I, I haven't even been to your Thanksgivings, Justin, but mac and cheese is not there at all, no. ever. Mm-mm. I just find that hard to believe. But I'll believe you because, you know, it is your Thanksgiving. That's right. Maybe Sparky ate it all. That's, that's it. That and the dandelions. And he got confused. He thought the yellow mac and cheese was the dandelions. Oh, Sparky. <laughs> Poor Sparky. Justin, are you excited for tomorrow? I am, yes. I, I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving. Um, seeing family, friends. I have to work tomorrow, unfortunately, but I usually work every Thanksgiving. I'm off at 3, so I'll get time to, to go eat and get full and never want to eat again. Nice. It's going to be great. Took the day off. Might go to the track today for a little bit. Go on about. Ooh, Mike. Wow. Tin Roof Gersels tonight, TJ? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I will be at Tenerife and Gersel's. No worse place. Gosh, there's a little part of me that just like wants to drive through the area just to see if it's still as crazy as ever, but there's a zero chance I'm going to do that because I'm not going to want to get up at 10 o'clock and do that. But needless to say, you think it's still wild? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm going to at least go out for a little bit. Wow, yeah. you're actually going out tonight? Well, my, Are you actually going to Tenerife and Gersel's? I, I don't know if we're going to be where we're going Oh, I was exactly. just doing a bit. <laughs> but I'm going to be going somewhere. I want to just go to a place where I can just drink and hang out and not like, hey, you over there. You know, the whole shouting and elbows. and eh, That's no fun. But, you know, maybe some other place. I was thinking like Patrick's Karaoke. Wow, that's going to be packed too. I bet. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to do something, though. Should well, be a good time. We'll have fun. Yeah. We're actually going to be out and about on the town. Woohoo! Well, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We are very thankful for you all, the texters, the non-texters. We're going to do a home field pick thing on Friday, but we'll put something on the Facebook page we'll, or Twitter. We'll, we'll get more info on that. So we'll, we'll still want to contest them, but it probably won't be via telephone just as a heads up. But everybody have a, have a nice Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. We will have content and a show on mm-hmm. Friday morning. Yep. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalem.